You are listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. This is our midweek, a quiet life podcast that focuses on living a quiet life, mind your own affairs, work with your hands, and be dependent upon nobody. For more information, visit us at thepursuitofmanliness.com. Well, men, I want to welcome you to our Quiet Life Podcast. We do a Quiet Life Podcast every Wednesday. So the Pursuit of Manliness has three podcast episodes per week. Monday, we typically have an interview uh, with someone, um, wrote a book, have a ministry, do something interesting, whatever. Um, on Wednesday, we do this Quiet Life Podcast. We talk about living a quiet life. What what, what does that look like? I've said a number of times, I'll continue to say, I believe the Lord has sent a large army of guys to the pursuit of manliness who, in many ways, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 11 through 12, encapsulates really what we're about, aspire to live a quiet life, mind your own affairs, work with your hands, be dependent upon nobody. Um, and so we, tr- we try to look at aspects of that uh, during the week. And then on Friday is out in the garage. It, it's literally me out in the garage with the Bible. We're going through a book of the Bible. Right now we're going through Exodus. And so a chapter at a time, it's not a deep theological study. It's, it's uh, meant to pull from the text what's happening, and then what do we do with that? So right now we're going through Exodus, and if you read Exodus 1, you say, well, what, what do I do with that? Is there any correlation to my life? Is there you know, any similarities? Um, am I walking through something like, like that I can relate to this? And then um, take application away from that. And then you know, ultimately, the bigger picture is, can I share that with someone else? Before we get into uh, Luke chapter 10, we'll start in verse 38. Uh, I do want to remind you... Um, the Pursuit of Mailing gear store is, is currently closed uh, for a little while uh, for renovations. No, I'm just kidding. It is closed for right now. The only thing available in the gear store is the herd. And, and I'll talk about the herd a little bit more in the next few weeks. Uh, the reason why I left the herd is the herd up there right now, uh, as the rest of the gear has is, is been taken down, is because, <clears throat> forgive me, if you listen to the podcast on Monday, the interviews and stuff, there's a point where I stop the conversation and I say, you guys in the herd will continue that conversation over there. The guys in the herd, it's essentially a one-year subscription to the Pursuit of Manliness. It starts whenever you sign up. Uh, you get some gear, you get a hat, patch, whatever. Uh, but you're a part of a community that's not a community. It's not built on social media. It's for guys who want to support the ministry, who don't need to be on Facebook all the time or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And, and they get an email link, email to them. Uh, saying, hey, here's the content for the week. Um, you know, and, and every guest has is, is been more than happy to oblige to continue the conversation. Sometimes the conversation goes a little deeper. Sometimes it just plumb continues with what we were talking about. And other times it's been a little lighthearted, but nevertheless, um, it's an interesting insight for another 10, 15 minutes. And so the herd guys get some get that as well. And then we have like quarterly Zooms and stuff. But uh, I left that up because if I'm going to talk about that every week, I want to make sure that that's at least an option for guys who do want to sign up for that. And we, we have a very, very strong community. Again, if you're looking for like social media stuff, the herd's not for you. If you're looking for like a Bible study, the herd's not for you. If you're looking to support the pursuit of manliness, get a little bit of gear in exchange, but also get bonus content and stuff, th- this this is for you. So enough of that. Luke chapter 10, we're looking at Mary and Martha and Mary, Mary and Martha, depending on how you're looking at this. But um, from these two ladies, and we don't focus a lot about, on ladies on the, in the Bible 
with the pursuit of male. There's nothing against ladies in the Bible. Uh, they're phenomenal human beings in here as, as well as the men. However, this is a podcast for men, so primarily we talk about the men. If we're going to talk about Abraham and Sarah, we're going to talk about Abraham. Rarely do we talk about Sarah. You know, uh, We typically talk about you know what did Adam do as opposed to what did Eve do? I would assume women's ministries will focus more on the Eve than the Adam, so it doesn't matter. But in this instance, oh, we're talking about it because I think it's. I think there's a lot we could take from this text. Verse 38 of chapter 10 in Luke. Could I have said that any more difficult than what I just did? Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she uh, had a sister called Mary, uh, Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to then to help me. Okay, let's pause. Let's break this down. We've been talking about December, living a quiet life, minding your own business, right? Like, But it has to get to your house. We love the idea of being a quiet life, you know, a quiet life, but listen... I can't go live in my car in the woods somewhere. Um, I have a family. I have a job. Most of you commute or you have you have people you interact with. And so we like the idea of living a quiet life. We're working towards living a quiet life. But at the end of the day, um, there's a lot of stuff happening. We have a lot of responsibilities. I was doing the math today. I don't know how it came about, but kind of doing the math today about how many hours per day I work. And it doesn't matter. But... Just it just didn't dawn on me till about last night. I thought, well, I'm still doing this at this time at night. It doesn't matter. We can get busy with a lot of stuff. Most of it, I believe, is productive stuff, and I do think we can squander some time. Here's the scenario. Jesus shows up to Mary and Martha's house. Mary and Martha are sisters to Lazarus. Lazarus, um, in, in Luke 11, I believe, is the one that... Well, I know he's the one that Jesus raised from the dead, but um, Lazarus, their brother, obviously does well enough for himself that you can house Jesus, the 12 disciples, and who who knows whoever else has fallen along. We talked about Matthew and all the Pharisees and people showing up. Just Jesus always had some clingers, people that were just hanging on, right? Uh, people that were just there, like the dryer sheet up in your armpit of your sweatshirt. They're just always there. They're always around him. And so if you're inviting Jesus into your house, I, I don't think you're just getting Jesus in your house. You're getting everything else that, that and everyone else that came with him. So here you have Lazarus opening his door, Mary and Martha opening their doors to Jesus to come to their house. Jesus clearly friends with them, has a good relationship with them. I mean, they went to him and said, Lord, if you were here, you know, he wouldn't have died. This is where Jesus cries when Lazarus dies, brings him back from the dead. I'll tell you how close Jesus was to Lazarus and how much that hurt everyone or angered everyone, the religious leaders. They tried to find a way to kill Lazarus. Like, if this guy's alive, he hurts our case to kill Jesus. So Jesus was pretty close to this guy. And sometimes proximity can hurt us too. We become too comfortable in proximity. We feel like we know people too well that we can just, you know, say things or do things, and, and that's what's going to happen here. Certainly out of frustration and anger, but you invite Jesus in your house, you get, well, everything that comes with Jesus in your house. And, you know, here we are at the end of December. I don't know if people were in your house. I don't know if you went to someone else's house. I don't know if you sat at home by yourself. I don't know what your scenario is, but, um, but maybe this scenario you can kind of relate to it. There was a meal 
Now, I don't know what your meal might be like, but there's a meal, there's preparations. But here's what happens as Martha goes into the kitchen to get things ready. All right, let's get the plates out. Let's get forks. Do we have enough cups? Do we have enough chairs? Do, you know, can the kids sit in the other room? Can the kids sit outside? What's he doing here? I mean, all the all the logistics that go into feeding, seating, entertaining, which was a, a big deal. And I'll, I'll say this before I get too much further, that I think one of the reasons why Christmas, Thanksgiving, <clears throat> forgive me, Thanksgiving, even like Labor Days, Memorial Days, those types of days on the calendar that are seen as gathering days, I think one of the reasons why they're so overwhelming is because we don't typically practice hospitality. We don't practice it and we don't participate in it. I know for me, if I get invited to someone's house, I'm like, I really don't want to go. My first thought is, I don't want to go. It's not that I don't like the person. It's just then you're then you're on. Then you're, you're you have to then you, you just it, it's just out of your routine. I don't want to go. Uh, we heard the other day that some plans we had um, doesn't matter when uh, were canceled, and we were both like, "We'll take it." That that's good news. Now, see, we don't participate in, in hospitality well. <clears throat> we need to, and I think we miss out on something. And and here it was just part of their culture. Obviously, having Jesus in your home was a much bigger deal than just you know, anyone else, but we don't practice it. We don't participate in it. So here we have Jesus in their house. I think if you're Martha, you're getting frustrated. You, man, you, you get frustrated. I get frustrated. You get angry. You get bitter. You get ticked off. You tell yourself, don't say it. Don't do it. Don't respond that way. You know, Martha, every time she made a trip to put the bread out, forks out, knives out, napkins out, I bet she had a heavy sigh. I bet she stomped her feet. I bet she slammed the door. I bet a bowl bounced off the counter. I bet she looks at Jesus thinking, okay, at some point he's going to tell Mary, you're not supposed to be sitting here anyways. Get up. Go help your sister. How dare you be lazy right now? Uh, we got people here who are hungry, and you need to... I, I guarantee all the scenarios, because you know what? I run through all the scenarios as well. At some point, this person's not going to be lazy anymore. At some point, this person's going to participate. At some point, this person's going to feel guilty that they're not engaged or involved. Whatever. And you know what the truth is? They don't. Some people are just lazy people. That's not Mary. Jesus doesn't call her lazy, okay? I don't want you to miss that, but I'm talking in our culture, in our scenario, most of the time, the reason why people are not participating or are not helping or not doing their fair share is not that they're sitting at the feet of Jesus. Why did you not help us? Why did you? I've seen this in church world and not really where I'm at now, but I've seen this in previous ministries that when there's tables and chairs that need to be set up or tore down or garbage to take out or dishes to be done or things to wipe down, whatever, there are certain people and for some reason, they always end up working at a church. Some people who will engage in the most interesting conversation they've ever had in their life. And the whole world is spinning around them. People are cleaning and are sweeping floors and are mopping. And they're just locked into that individual. You know, what they are is they're lazy. They just don't, they want to get out of work. And perhaps they see themselves as a little bit better than having to work. I want to go back to this. It's not Mary. Jesus does not say Mary has an ulterior motive. Ulterior motive. He doesn't say that she's lazy. He doesn't say that she's trying to really pull it over on Martha. Nope. Most of the time, though, we can't use the excuse, well, I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus, because that's not, what, that's not what's going on. But that is what is going on here, but it still frustrates Martha. When I get frustrated with lazy people, I don't know, really know what's going on, but I've created a narrative in my mind. This is who they are. This is what they're doing. This is what they're thinking. This is why they're not working. I, I, I do it. I don't know if anyone else does it, but I do it. I will create a narrative in my mind about this person and how I'm a better servant or a better worker or harder worker or whatever. Nobody likes a martyr. Nobody, nobody likes a martyr. 
And that's what happens. We, we, we turn into a little bit of martyrdom. Martha said, Jesus, don't you care? She went up to Jesus and said, don't you care? I got to be honest. I've talked to God like that before. Like, do you not see that? Like, do, do you not? Are you going to do anything about this? You can fix this. You can change this. Typically, it's not about lazy people, but it's frustrating. I'm thinking, God, I had to say that. I had to do that. I had to respond that way because they're not going to do it. They're, they're not going to change. They're not going to get, they're waiting for me to do it. Man, that drives me crazy. People who wait for you to do the work. Well, maybe that's what's going on here, but I don't think so. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Now, if Jesus says your name twice, you better pay attention. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Isn't that what happens when we get frustrated, and we get angry, when we get overwhelmed, whether it's the Christmas season, New Year's, work, home, you're renovating, you're moving, whatever. It is overwhelming, and you become anxious and troubled about many things. He says, Martha, I get it. I understand. I think Jesus saying her name twice is one, to get her attention, two, to calm her down. Martha, Martha, just you are anxious and you're troubled about a lot of things. Imagine Jesus saying your name there and saying, Jared, Jared, you're all worked up over some stuff. You're worked up over a lot of things here. Now, just, just consider this. One thing is necessary. Verse 42, one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. Woo! That would be a t- that would be a tough one. I mean, here you are getting the meal prepared. You want to be a good host. You're trying to show hospitality, and Jesus says, "The woman who's sitting here doing nothing but listening to me speak, she chose the right thing." Well, then what, what are we going to do? Starve to death? How are we going to eat? Who's going to get the food ready? Maybe Jesus is trying to tell her there will come a time for that. I mean, he is Jesus. He could take a Kit Kat and feed everyone in the room. I mean, he, he can do whatever. I, so, you know, he has that. We, we don't, right? So you say, well, Jerry, someone, has to get, someone has to get the task done. Someone has to do it. Here's what, here's what I've, I've learned. There, my, my wife and kids would rather have me present than distracted. They would rather have me present in the home. When I come home, when I walk in the door, be present and be more um, visible and available than distracted. Now, my, my daughters are getting older, so you know they're into their, their things. They're not sitting at home going, Dad, I can't wait for you. I'm so glad you're here. Like, that doesn't happen. Maybe it happens at your house. My kids are not that age, but they're happy to see me here. They say, hi, we talk, you know, how's your day, whatever. They would rather have you present then distract. I believe that. If that's true with our wife and kids who are also easily distracted and sometimes not present and whoever else you have in your home, wouldn't it stand a reason that Jesus would desire the same thing from us? Jesus says, in this instance, Mary has chosen the right thing. Man, that hurts. That's hard to even say. I pride myself in working hard. I don't ever want to feel like somebody's outworking me. I'll give you a couple scenarios. I remember the last time someone said, man, Jared is so lazy. I do. I can remember it. And I was, I was lazy. 
there was a task. I didn't want to do it. I had no skill. I didn't have no part. To, I was just like, no, I don't want to do this. I want to get out. I want to be out of it. But I'll never forget that. And that is a great motivator that I will never hear that again. I'm still not going to do those tasks. I'm not in on that. But I, I will not be a guy who gets outworked. I know, I, I do know that. I was telling someone, that was a couple years ago, whatever, I finished a book, we're on a trip somewhere, and I, and I closed it and I said, you know, one of the motivators is somebody somewhere, it, it might be working harder than I am. Listen, I'm not, I'm not being a martyr. I'm just telling you, I'm not going to make apologies for working hard or trying more or doing more or I'm not. I'm not going to be the best. I'm not the most resourced, certainly not the most skilled in any aspect, I don't need to be, but, but I will work hard. So for me to see this text, I'm like, man, how do how, how would I convey that? Because you got to eat. Like you have people over, work has to be done. You have to get tables and chairs. You have a big event at your church. You have a big event in your neighborhood. You got you to gotta work. There, there, there's a balance here. Jesus is not saying, Martha, we don't, have, we don't need food. He's saying right now, this is the most important thing. And so we have to choose versus we have to choose versus like what is good and what is best. What is urgent and what is most important. So it will always be best to sit at the feet of Jesus. It will also always be best to serve Jesus and not not be like, well, I'm 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 trying to get attention. I'm trying to get somebody to notice, but that's not gonna work. It will always be best to serve Jesus to sit at his feet. There's a time for that. There's also a time we have to work. What Jesus is telling her is, right now you're missing out on what's most important. It was culturally unacceptable for Mary to be sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's where the disciples are at. You know, you have a gathering, your kids are there. You're like, hey, get up so -so so-and-so can sit there. I mean, Mary has no business really being in in that situation. She should be helping. Based on their culture, Jesus said, no, she's chosen a good thing. Martha, you should take some notes from that. Ray Pritchard said this, knowing Christ must come before serving Christ or else our service will be barren and our hearts will be frustrated. We can be so consumed with the doing, with the expectations that people put on us. You know, I got to go here, I got to go here, I got to go here. I've said before, if your kids are involved in activities, sports, whatever, you're at the mercy of the coach or athletic director or whatever, they can have you running all over the place. They can have you running all over the place. Okay, okay, we're going to Mount... In the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, okay, we're going there. How far is it? Six hours. We need a hotel, okay? And there's a gate fee, and we have to live on Cheetos all weekend and Gatorade. Yeah, you got it. Okay, yep, okay. I'll do that. I'll take vacation time. We'll go do that. Why? Because everyone else is doing it. (laughs) No, we're not. No, but people do. So expectation been placed on you. You have all these things you need to do. And then you wonder why you get back, and you know everything's just disheveled. You spent your life being a semi-pro parent. You, you spent your 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 vacation time or whatever. We we we, we man, this month we're constantly food in the house that we can't eat because it's going somewhere else. It's going to the church, going to school, going to the family, going to. Every time I come home, I'm like hey hey, oh, ooh, I came home last night. Food in a crock pot. I was like yes, uh, not for us. What's it? Who's it for? Small group. Our small group. She's part of a lady small group. We're gonna have like a meal, of course. So what do we eat? I ate the leftovers when it came home. That's that's what I did. We get all these expectations placed on us. Man, we miss the point of what we're trying to do. Just slow down for a minute. Just slow down and ask yourself, am I missing what is best? Turn the noise off. Turn the images off. What, just Am I missing what is absolutely best right now? 
is my soul trying to tell me we are hurried and we are tired? Then just stop. I'll end with this. Somewhere along the way, I became the guy who holds the trash bag for uh, Christmas present wrapping paper. Okay? So my kids open a present, pow, throw the big ball towards me. Got it. Got it. Um, I actually, there's certain wrapping paper much better than others. You know what I'm talking about. You got the high industrial wrapping paper. It's like a soccer ball when it comes your way. I, I appreciate that. Then you got the stuff that you throw and you're like, that was garbage. It's made out of toilet paper. Um, and then, so in the midst of all this wrapping paper, so it goes in this giant large bag and I'm the guy that holds it because I'm not getting gifts. I'm, I'm the, I'm, I'm, I think I'm funding the gifts, but I don't need a gift. I've watched them get gifts. It's great. It's fun. But I'm the garbage bag holding guy. I drink coffee. Change the record player. That's my job uh, at Christmas at my house, and I put on the fake fireplace on TV. That's my tradition. So that's what I do. Now, my kids get a gift that's in a box. It's twofold. It's, well, threefold technically. You have the Amazon box, and I'm at an age where I will keep some of these boxes. Like, that's a good box. That's a good size. I can see what's going to go in that box. And so I set that aside. That's like my that's my Christmas morning gifts. I put good Amazon boxes over here. Big ones, wonky ones. No, they're gone. They go in the bag. With, then you have the clothing boxes, the white ones. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know who came up with this terrible idea. I guess bags are in there somewhere too, but mom just typically takes care of them. So boxes. Then I look at my wife. I say, are we keeping this one or are we throwing it away? She considers it for a second. Most of the time, throw it away. But if we keep it, I sit over here, throw it away, bam, back in the bag. Now, maybe this is a bit of OCD. I don't know. Maybe you do this, maybe you don't. I always check the wrapping paper to a degree, but I really will look in the box, regards to the box. Was there something else in there that we missed? It's not that I'm looking for a gift. I'm looking for, was something taped in there that was, you know, like sometimes you put tape it because people think, oh, it's closed, you know. Uh, is there a receipt in there? Is there an instruction? In there? Is there something in there that we have overlooked in the madness of throwing wrapping paper at dad and his giant black trash, trash bag? And every once in a while there is. And I'm like, that's why I do this. That's, that's why that's my gig. I don't know if it's your gig at your house or not, but I will survey the wrapping paper and all that at least one more time. Quality control, make sure nothing's getting thrown away. And it seems like once a year, there's about one thing. There's one thing, and I'm like, see, that's why I do this. I say all that to get to this point. Maybe in the midst of all the madness, all the chaos in your life right now, whatever you got going on or don't got going on, for just a moment, would you just survey and see, is there something I've overlooked? Is there one thing I've overlooked? As I consider 2023, my goals, my plans, my mile markers, my resolutions, my disciplines, my what? Is there something you've overlooked? Is there, a, is there an area where you just need to slow down, calm down, look up for a minute, maybe go outside, get some perspective, get your thoughts right, and say, God, give me an undivided heart. I'm so busy in my mind, in my heart, in my soul with so many things, schedules, my kids, my work, my whatever. Maybe you're in a season of life where you're, you're afraid that you've, you've missed out on too many opportunities. Maybe your kids are leaving the house. Maybe you're fixing on retiring. Maybe you don't have a job. Maybe you're worried about, maybe you're worried about retirement. Maybe you're worried about your, your you know, IRAs and <clears throat> other things. And God, Jesus, would you just choose what is best right now and just stop? Quiet yourself and choose what is best. Just choose what is best. What's going to be best is to make sure at least daily we pause long enough to allow God to speak to our heart. 
I think we need to do it several times throughout the day. Jesus said, one thing is necessary. Yeah, but you don't know my schedule. I have things written down in my, my notebook today that I, I want to get done, need to get done. I'm gonna, you know, we got, I know I got to do something at noon, something at three. Something. Jesus says, one thing is necessary. What does that mean? Absolute, non-negotiable. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. When you look at your day, your week, your month, your year, where's the good portion? How much of it, if you portioned it out, if you will, how much of it is dedicated to Christ? He said it won't be taken from her. Why? Because she chose what is best. Amen. Think about that. Luke chapter 10. Man. I appreciate you all. I'll talk to you in a little bit.